Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Here's what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't understand this. I'll be honest with you. Like, um, we have the strangest church in the world. On Easter Sunday, we had the same amount of people. On days when other churches are like trying to close the doors and go to one service, we, it doesn't make sense to me, honestly. I don't understand it. So thank you for being here. If you're a first-timer, that's really important to us. Um, we don't want you to have a good experience, okay? We want you to know that we're a family that would like to, be, would like to welcome you to a family. And you don't have to perform here. You don't have to be something you're not here. You can take off your masks. You can ugly cry, like Andrew said. Um, that's important. The body of Christ needs places where you can just be transparent and really be who you are in struggle and in victory. Um, so today, I'm going to preach to you about worship. We've been in the corporate discipline, disciplines. Um, we've only got two left, really. This one is worship. Um, in two weeks, I'll speak on celebration. That's the Sunday that Josh Baldwin is here. Again, this is not something we'll do again. The only reason he's coming is because we went to college with him, and it's free, and he was in town for an event on Saturday. So this is it. So if you're coming that morning, I would get here early, and if you're coming that night, I would get here early because people are going to come just because it's Josh Baldwin, right? So I welcome you, um, but we're going to talk about celebration then, today's worship. Um, so about three years ago, we showed up at a church because we were burnt out. And at that church, I just wanted to find people that were doing ministry beautifully, and they weren't performing, and they were humble. We found it. Um, we sat in the back row for six months. I left a youth ministry that some of you guys were a part of in this room and sat on the back row. And we got to do offering. We're going to do offering right after this. So just hold it for a minute. We don't even need money. We have a money tree in the back. No, actually, we don't. This just We don't have a money tree. So... Um, will you remind me at the end of this going into worship that we will take up a worship offering? <laughs> we'll make it work. Um, so I remember 
hearing about it, stepping away from ministry that I wasn't leading in a healthy way, showing up at a church that was, in my estimation, healthy. Um, the pastors were open, caring. And I remember thinking, they have a church planting, planting network at this church. I, wanna, I would love to just maybe be considered for it. You know, I, was, I led a ministry, and um, we really started to pursue Tom Tanner and ask him questions like, what's, what's the stipulations? If we want to plant, is there stuff we got to do? Uh, I have an ordination in another network. And so we, I started to get tense because I wanted to like go do, I felt like the Lord was speaking. You know, here's the stuff in your, your DNA. These are these four things that Sarah and I have blended that we know is our hearts. That's why we planted a church and didn't take over a church. And one day we were sitting in front of Tom and we were like, we just want to know, is it possible for us to plant through you guys? And he looked at us and said, you guys not know that we have been pursuing you? And I don't say that to brag. I say that to say there was like a switch in that. Um, there was a freedom to know that they actually wanted us. And Riverstone's a big church, right? Like, and so it was like the wheels like it kicked in right then, knowing that we were being pursued in a church culture that we loved. It was like, a little bit like a dream. And in that pursuit, we started to kind of map out and feel the freedom to kind of go after it. And we started to do that. You know, we started to lead a small group. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because I think all of us grow up in churches, and I've preached a lot of message about the pursuit of God. I mean, Tozer has a book on it. It's amazing, right? Like, the pursuit of God. We, we know that, right? Questions, when we're evaluating our spiritual maturity, we're asking things like, am I pursuing God? Am I not pursuing God? I used to ask people that were dating, is is he pursuing God? You know, like, they'd be like, what are you talking about? No, is he actively pursuing? I've asked some of you in here that. Is, is your person you want to date, is he actively pursuing God? And that's, like, important, right? That's, like, in the psalm and all of uh, the chapters of the Bible, you see that. But the part that we miss, I think, which would make it all much more beautiful and real, is when we realize that we are being pursued full-on pursuit by God. And I'm not just talking about understanding that the cross was for us. I'm talking about he is specifically mounting up a pursuit to come after you in a way where you taste and see that he is good and that you actually respond just out of your heart. And that is worship. And so today when we talk about the corporate discipline of worship, I'm not asking you if you will go hard after God with me. Like, and that's a beautiful thing. Let's go hard after God, right? But let's go hard after God after he's come hard after us. I don't know why I'm using that language. Let's just go at it. Let's just do it. Does that make sense to everybody? Let's go after him as if he pursued us so strongly that it was the only option out of a good place. See, that's what I want to do. That's why I'm here. I, we were at VBS last week with my daughter, Alethea, and um, like Baptist churches just do VBS really good. I don't... <laughs> They just do it better than any, any I've ever seen. They just do it better. That's all I got. And um, one of the things they do is they have all the kids learn four songs relating to the theme and everything ties in. And they would pick like three or four kids a night. And, and they would get to go up on stage and lead the song. And the moment we dropped our daughter off Alethea and that she saw people were picking, she was dying to be selected. And um, I got so, like, so my heart got so much in it because it's my daughter that I started to actually like pray like, God, let her get selected. This is going to destroy her. Like, this is going to paint a really weird picture about you. And she never got selected. And she'd be like, and they'd be walking around and she'd be like. <laughs> and they never selected her because she was the kid like, hey, can I? And, and they would say, don't be that kid. 
So I kid you not, we're there the last day, and there's the last person picked is my daughter. And she walks over to me after, and she's like, and she's doing this not to do it. Like, she can't control her, her eight-year-old excitement is doing this. She's like, hey, I guess I got selected, I got selected, I got selected. And I want to say this to you today, that in like this, if we're going to do this, if we're going to live for Jesus, and like, I'm going to give my whole life to him, I want it from that place, right? I don't want to wake up every day evaluating how terribly I'm doing going after God. And how good is worship when it's in relation to how good you're following God? It's not even possible. It's not possible to worship him out of that place. There's a lot of religions that are worshiping from that place, right? But that's not who we serve. And that's why he came. And that's why his pursuit was full out. That's why you see it in Genesis chapter 3. That's why you see them, they fall, they commit sin. And then you see they hear God walking in the garden, right? Can you pull up this passage for us? They begin to hear God walking in the garden. Genesis 3, verses 8 through 9. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees and garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And a lot of us are like, it's because he wants to like gather them up and destroy them because they're idiots. This is a part of the love of Jesus, right? Like the pursuit of God, even in, even in punishment, is a loving act. And you see it right in the beginning. And then you see it later. I want to read you the prodigal story a little bit of it. Turn to Luke 15, 17 through 24. She's going to bring it up for you. I'm going to read it to you. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I'm dying here of hunger. I will get up and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to this, to the father. But while he was still a long way off, you guys know the story. His father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you, sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I just want to say this to you. I'm, I wasn't even planning on saying this. Like, you know that you're trying to worship God out of your own effort if you're always never able to do what he wants you to do. It's from the wrong place. You deserve to be punished, right? Like, right? You, you carry that with you. Maybe your identity is based on how good you're doing. And I just want you to know, like, the prodigal son's father approaches him and offers him what he's offering us right now. And it can't be earned and it's got to be so good that when it happens, you fall to your knees and understand it in that way. And then out of that comes the rest of our whole life. But the father said to the slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and the sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. So I want to do a quick prayer with you. I just want to start today before we move forward. I just want you to ask yourself this question. Are you evaluating your spirituality based on if you were pursuing God good enough? Okay? And as you evaluate that, I want to pray you into a proper understanding today. So if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes. Father, I ask that you would allow us to just become really aware. And let us just be really honest with you right now. Those of us that are really just trying to go after you, 
maybe from not a healthy place, maybe out of uh, performance. Those of us that really want to do good for you, um, and there's maybe some fear connected. Maybe if we don't do this, we won't get this. Maybe heaven is in the balance, and, and that's just hard to live. Because we don't want to live as slaves any longer, Father. We want to be sons and daughters. And as a son and daughter, I just want to pray you into this, with your eyes closed if that's helpful. That you would take your eyes off of how well you're doing and you would ask the Lord, how are you pursuing me right now? So in your own space, in your own mind, and in your own heart, Lord, how right now? Even me as I stand before these people and speak, how right now in this moment are you pursuing me? What is it that you need me to know? What are you speaking? What is it that I can be perpetually open to? Always, God, as you're speaking. What right now is happening. I pray that your presence and your Holy Spirit, Lord, begins to even move. I ask you to pray a brave prayer, people in this room. Father, let me be aware of you right now. Open up spiritual eyes. Open our ears. Let us see the even greater reality that's more than this flesh and blood in this room that has to do with kingdoms and your kingdom in particular. Because we do pray in Smyrna as it is in heaven, but we pray even more so in Sarah as it is in heaven, and Phil as it is in heaven, and, and Jordan as it is in heaven, God, and Emily as it is in heaven, and Andrew as it is in heaven, and James and Julia as it is in heaven, and Jessica, God, as it is in heaven, and Michael as it is in heaven, Father, and every person in this room as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name, because you came Because you came and you continue to pursue. We can be present with you in this space. So we want to say yes and amen. What do you have for us today? What is it that you're trying to bring to this group? What are you trying to relieve us? Are you trying to restore someone's heart? Are you trying to lead someone into how to forgive? Are you trying to let someone let themselves off the hook? Are you just trying to give someone a clear picture of who you are? Ask him this morning on your own, what is it that you're leading me into this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. So the early church had this thing that they called holy expectancy, where they lived in moment-by-moment kind of lifestyle. And so worship for them was, at every moment of every day, God can speak to me and is, is pursuing me. And so they, they created this thing where almost like with every breath, they would say, thanks, that's how many times they would say thanks. They would breathe in, breathe out, thank you for this. Breathe in, breathe out, thank you for this. Breathe in, breathe out, thank you for this. And so they did that personally and corporately when they would get together, as you read in the book of Acts, really all of Acts, you read these gatherings that people came to, and each person would come to the gathering with what they called holy expectancy. Everybody say holy expectancy. Because they believed that when a couple people would come together, that there was just something more that happened. This is why the Bible talks about do not forsake the gathering, right? Like, I, I, I tell this with you all the time. I'm, I'm addicted to Christian television, not because I really enjoy any of it. I don't enjoy any of it. And I haven't found one I enjoy. You're gonna, somebody's going to be like, but you haven't seen this. I'm, I'm sorry. I have not. I, this weekend, I was flipping through. I cannot believe what is on TV. It's crazy. 
So it's created this culture in America or all over the world where you can sit in your living room and listen to a message and have your Jesus time, and that's great, right? And, and that's not biblical, right? The community of God is the body of Christ. This gathering, see, this is not the end thereof. It's not about building a cathedral of people here, but what happens in the communal gathering can't happen on your couch listening to Joel Furbistein or Andy Stubernley, whoever name you want to add there. I'm not saying those are anybody's names. It can't ha- And that's why you come listen to someone who maybe doesn't preach as good. And it's just fine. Because what happens in the corporate gathering cannot be replaced. It cannot be replaced. That's why we give space for carabiner. You know, we know we're stupid for doing that. We know we're dumb for doing carabiner time. We're cool with it. We're cool with it. Because in the communal gatherings, it can't be about me. It can't be about me. If it's about me, guys, we're all in trouble, every one of us. But it's about the body of Christ that he's placing together. And when we come together, if we do not forsake, I mean, can you bring that up for me? I think it's Hebrews 10. Uh, It just is what I'm saying. So I'm just actually just reading what I'm saying. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, carabiner time, and all the more as you see the day approaching. In these gatherings, things will happen communally led by God that will not happen on your own. That does not mean that your alone time is not for real, devotion time, whatever that looks like for you, meditation. Doesn't mean it's not, but you can't not have this. You don't have to have it here. You don't have to have it here, but you can't not have it. You gotta have brother, sister. You gotta have someone walk over to you one day and know exactly what to pray one day. You gotta have someone that knows how you're wired and how God's gifted you, be able to encourage you. Get in a life group for crying out loud, people. Get in a life group. I say, get in a life group. Come on. Come on, people. Get in a life group. There's your life group, Pastor, right there, Jordan. You can ask him. You can get in a life group. You can get in my life group. I, I will welcome anybody in here in a life group. But you can't not have the communal gathering. It's, it's where the ecclesia, this is where the koinonia happens. This is where the body of Christ comes together and the fruit and the gifts and the specific revelation of God for certain groups happens. And you're a part of it. You're a part of it. I believe that with all of my heart. When I show up here, I don't come here just to give you knowledge, right? You can read the Bible. If that were the case, I would just do this. I would read you these verses and we would leave. Why does God call people to do this? Why? Because there's specific things for specific people. We're not adding stuff to this. But you need to know that for our group, he's calling us to do certain things. Some to be apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some teachers, right? He's, he's specifically, and in these gatherings, I'm, I'm really hammering this home. In these gatherings, God gets to, to lead it. He gets to lead it. Does that mean that when you feel like you, your 11 tambourines need to come in and you just feel like God told you to put them on your feet and your hands? And if God told me, I'm just going to run around kicking tambourines, like, no, that's stupid. It's stupid, okay? Think through this. This whole thing is about this. It's, it's a community of we, not I, right? It's a community. And so this whole thing has to do with this body becoming like the kingdom of heaven. In heaven, as it is on earth, is complete unity. We say this all the time. There is no miracles in heaven. There's no need. It's 100% unified people. That's crazy. So I fight for you to fall in love with one another. And I'll even challenge what you know that this whole group needs if it's going to trump community. If your idea of what this group needs trumps community and puts you in the forefront and in the spotlight, it won't pass here. I'm sorry. 
Because God's calling us to build a community because the world needs a healthy family. They need to see that these completely crazy people can fall in love with each other. And in this setting, when Jesus is present, he gives us the ability to do that. Supernatural unity. He speaks to us. It's so beautiful. So we all, okay, so I'm just going to bring it in real quick. This whole thing is called worship. It's not just what we're about to do. If you ask me my favorite part of a service, and I, I'm guessing a lot of you, it's going to be the part where we sing songs together and worship, right? Who loves that? Raise your hand. Say, okay. All right, so that's not everybody, though. And guess what to all of us who said that? That doesn't mean that they're wrong. There are people who, just in sitting and taking the Eucharist with each other, sitting at the table together, taking the body of Christ together, that's the most moving, spirit-touching spirit moment they're going to have. And there are people that the reading of the word, like, is overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly spirit-touching spirit. So in this space, we're creating a community that can look at other, the other, and say, you have a place here. Maybe you don't like to worship as much as me in, in song. Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you're not going to shout like I'm going to shout. But I'm not expecting you to do what I'm doing. I give you space and I give you freedom to respond to the move of the Spirit or the leading of Jesus in the way that is truest to your heart. Because according to John 4, 23 and 24, and you can pull this up. See, God's coming. He, he came and he met and he's looking for people who will worship in the Spirit and the truth. So listen, for the super charismatic person who, who, like me, really likes to worship, the goal is not to have everybody worshiping really loud. That's not the goal. That does not bring heaven to earth. The goal is for each person in community and each community to have spirit-touching spirit worship in the depths of you. And sometimes, like the prodigal son, you will fall on the ground because you've been loved so well. And you won't be able to speak. And you'll be in awe and reverence because it's so moving. And you're not jumping and dancing, but you are weeping and you're inwardly groaning. And you can't even speak words. And you are worshiping. And there are some of us who worship loud, and it is good. Person who just wants me to liturgically read, I value that. I do. I value the scripture. I value the place. Everybody likes liturgy, even those that say they don't, or you wouldn't have a gathering. That's how you gather. Worship, word, prayer. But the person, listen, if it's hard for you to let someone else in a space like this experience God and respond, and they're maybe louder than you, that's not a them problem, okay? I'll even go as far to say this. Please don't shoot me. If that stops every bit of worship in you, it's not a them problem, even if they're wrong. And listen, if you want to create space for spirit-touching spirit worship, you're going to have people who do it wrong, right? But we give space for them, and we help guide them into a place that's beautiful. That's why God gives leaderships to church, we're not here to, I'm not here to build any kind of reputation for me. I'm here because God called me to help build a community that would love each other well and then do it so good outside of the body, of, outside of here, that people would say those, those people have to, there's something crazy about them. There's something so crazy about them, I got to know. That's why I'm here. So you got to give space to people. And when we worship, listen, Here's, here's maybe the only, I'm going to give you two like quick things. You have to absorb distractions. I actually love that babies are in our, in our sanctuary with us. 
There used to be a time I was the guy in a church. I had to go find people who had babies crying and, and remove them. It was a really fun experience. They really loved me. It was, I was like their favorite guy. I like it. It's, it's legitimate. That, to me, listen, like when Jesus was traveling around, he wasn't like, take all your babies. We have Awana over here on the second hill. <laughs> he was like, your babies are welcome, right? When we did our Easter service outside two years ago, can I say this? No. See what I did? There was, no, dang it. Okay, there was a, I'm doing it. It's happening. Should I really not do it? I've never seen you respond like that. Anyway, if you feel like you need to breastfeed in public, that happened at our service, literally on a hill. I did it, I'm sorry. It was a little difficult to preach, I'll be honest. Um, So please don't actually do that here. There's a mom's room over there. You can, you can head in there and breastfeed. But we have got to create a space for the other. And, and I, I don't want to stand on this all afternoon. But worship, you know, it's not like the worship on this mountain or the worship on this mountain, like it talks about. But it's about creating space for the other, right? You want people, you, you feel challenged. Like I feel challenged to lead people into that kind of deeper worship that we would say this is deeper, right? We found it. I don't do that by making you feel bad about where you're at, right? I do that by me worshiping. Who's going to tell me not? I mean, and the only time I stop doing that is if it's like 1 Corinthians 14 or 2 Corinthians 14, where my worship starts to overtake a whole sphere and it becomes about Josh, right? Like if I feel like it's time to do cartwheels in the front, like the Lord told me to do cartwheels in the front. Listen, like if you're somebody who likes to dance, just do it in the back, right? Like when I, I, I like to be exuberant, I do it in the back because other people... That's not them, right? But be you. Be you and give space for others to be themselves too. Does that make sense? So, um, <laughs> what are you shaking your head at me for? The first day you've been back. It's actually fun to have you. So as we enter, here's what we're going to do. We're about to kind of transition into our time of worship. As we enter, the way to do this is to, to make sure you're worshiping spirit, touching spirit, John 4, 24 worship, is to, to enter silently asking the Lord, how are you being present right now? Don't just enter screaming, right? It's like having a coffee meeting and some dude walks in screaming at you. You're like, what the? Enter, kind of understand. What's God doing today? What's he already doing here? There's been some beautiful stuff. What are you doing, Lord? What's happening? How do I respond? Do I need to be, do I need to be in reverence? Do I need to be in adoration? Is, it, is, is the, real, the truest form of my worship on my knees this morning? Silently taking in? Or is it, or do I have something that you have brought to my attention that I actually need to shout about? Like if God is healing you or you've been healed, a stinking hallelujah. That doesn't even go, a a hallelujah doesn't go together. (laughs) So where are you at as you enter? Do it in spirit and truth and create space. Offer your whole body, okay? That's, that's, is what it is. For some of you, the Lord is challenging you to kind of maybe express worship. And you already know it because he's already, you already know that. Not from what I'm saying. I just pray against any kind of fear, right? Nobody's watching you. There's no, there's no fear that can, can be found in love. And so we know that if we're his, then just choose to not worry about that. If that makes sense. If that's you. Um, and and you got to learn by doing. Like to actually worship corporately, you have to learn by doing it. 
And there's no show. Or I used to go to these, these services where they were like, all right, everybody all at once start doing this. And it just, it wasn't biblically led, right? It, how is the Lord moving on your heart right now? And he is right now. He's present. We call it the Shekinah glory, or people say the Shekinah. Shekinah, people, that's, that's what a lot of people say the actual thing is. I know, Shekinah. That's this idea that he is, his glory is present in the room. That his glory is actually here. And so as we enter in, he's already here. We create an inward silence and we say, Father, how do you, how do you want me to respond today? I don't need to work you up. When I get super loud, it's not like the angels are in heaven like, are they loud enough yet? We can go down now. Here's, here's my thought. This is not from the Bible. There's a certain amount of selflessness, humility, and submission that each of us can have and possess. And I think when that starts to happen in a group, I think that's when people talk about feeling the presence of God. Because if we happen to be that temple, right, we're that house that the Holy Spirit lives in. The more submissive we are to it, that's, I, I personally don't think there's a thing over our church waiting to drop something on our church. You can fight me on that, and I'll probably listen, but... I just kind of feel like it all has to do with submission, like Jesus to the cross. And through that comes the power of a resurrected Jesus alive in us. And so today, I do want to challenge you to be you before the Lord as they come up. And you guys can go ahead and come up. Worship team. Offering. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to integrate offering into our worship today. So could you guys go ahead, actually, and pass the... And I actually have a couple things I want to share as they're coming up. We do, we do ask you to give. Um, and if you're a first-timer, we ask that you would put that first-timer card inside the offering. We'd just love to follow up with you correctly. Uh, we don't want to hound you. We just want to follow up with you. Um, but as they're getting prepared, I want to ask that you pray with me one more time. Is that okay? And I ask you to close your eyes if that's okay with you. Here's one of the things in um, Celebration of Discipline, a book I would recommend all of you read. It's not the Bible. It's helpful. It's all it is is helpful. But one of the things that they talk about in there is imaginative prayer, and I've spoken on this before. But imaginative prayer is beginning to see before they happen the things of God. An example is a friend of mine that needs salvation, praying and seeing him in my mind, envisioning that he receives such good news such good news that it changes his whole world and he comes to life, that he's redeemed, that he realizes his heart was longing to be home and that he finds that in Jesus. And, and in that, he comes to life, like imagining, I'm asking you to do it now for right now, for this room, for what we're about to do, that we would imagine the power of Jesus being with us, that he would inhabit our praise. I pray that you would imagine people being restored right now, that you would imagine people coming to full confession and finding full forgiveness and identity, that you would imagine a person in this room that you know is struggling with addiction, finding freedom and finding the lie behind it, and that you would see these people weeping before the Lord, not as a show, but as a found gem See, Isaiah 6, there's a picture, a vision was given, and there's a picture given. And he sees the Lord, and he sees angels worshiping, saying, holy, holy, holy. 
I'm a man of, and he sees the Lord. He's present with the Lord. And he's, I'm a man of unclean. I'm not even worthy to be here seeing the Lord. Then an angel brings a coal over and places it on his lips and says, there's forgiveness. And he's restored. And then the response, the question is asked, who will go for me? Who will go? And he says, here I am, send me. Because in worship, when you see the reality of Jesus, you respond. And so we have to worship first before we even go. And so right now in this room, Father, we pray as a community. We love what you're doing because we can't do it. And we invite you right now to be in this space. We ask that for this next time, God, you would let time dissipate. And you would let spirit touch spirit as it did with the woman at the well. That she became so alive that she told the whole community about you, God. We ask, God, that you would make us aware right now. So as we enter, if you would all stand with me. As we enter this, um, this portion of worship, we want to become inwardly silent and say, yes, Father, you lead. We give you space today. God, I want to love you well in this, this time. I, I want to believe that you'll do miracles. I envision you healing people, God. I envision you sending people, calling people. There's, there's literally people in here that have no idea why you were created. And there's no burden or guilt connected to it. He just wants you to know that. Like he, he would like for you to know at least enough to say, here's why I'm alive. So listen to the voice of the Father through the Holy Spirit who is with us today in this place. God, we give you space we worship you. I'm going to read you one, one psalm. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will praise the Lord while I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not trust in princes, in mortal man in whom there is no salvation. His spirit departs. He returns to the earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. How blessed is the, he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord of his God who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.